You're listening to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. You know, I'm excited about this week and next week's message. Um, it's uh, It's been so impactful on me just um, preparing and, and looking over some things that I was going to try to just, I was going to be preaching a message this week, kind of wrapping everything up and just an overview of some some thoughts, but it's so impacted my life and God's so settled in my heart that we need to just um, spend a little time with this. And that's what we're going to do, be obedient to Him. You know, what, one of the hardest things in life to do is to figure out what... Our responsibility is biblically as parents and as children. You know, I think that there is a, a great need in both areas to just hear what God's Word says as to what, you know, what it means. You know, so many of us may be trying to, uh, trying even now to raise children, grandchildren, or maybe you have been in that situation and you know a lot of times for the lack of words we were sort of flying by the seat of our pants in a way maybe not so much influence to live by but when we look at the heart of it it's really an intricate thing i mean it is extremely uh intricate in the sense that every detail of it is not laid out so specific that it matches every person in other words there's some things that we have to try to work through and figure out because we're dealing when we're raising children we're dealing with free agents i mean they they're all different can i get a witness i mean they they're all different we we have um, been blessed with three children all different, some similarities. We now have three. Well, I'm, we'll go ahead and count because we believe life begins in the womb. We have four grandbabies. One of them just hadn't made his appearance yet. We're claiming a him on that. So uh, I challenged my daughter. I said, L- let's don't do the gender reveal thing this time. I don't know what's going to happen with all that. But anyhow, I'm just like, all right, let's say. Hey, Let's be rogue, you know. Let's don't go with the course of everything. Let's just see what happens. But anyhow, I want to turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, four verses. You know, and, and, and really it's just right in line with Colossians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. I mean, they, the, 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 but then there's so many places in Scripture we could go. But I, I wanted to base our... our time this week and at least next week out of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 and talk a little bit about some responsibilities of a godly family. Just some of the responsibilities because there are so many responsibilities and, and we're talking about godly families, not, not the way of the world, just what God prescribes. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 through 4 reads like this, it says, children Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. 
And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And let's pray. Father, today as we get ready to enter into this time of study in the Word, I want to ask you to please put your... Well, would you just allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts? I know I've had so many emotions thinking about these things. The, the, the joy of having followed your Word in areas of my life and to see the the fruit from being led by the Spirit and your Word, then disappointments where I know that I have failed, and not just failed, sometimes failed in ignorance because I didn't know, sometimes failing because I just didn't do what I knew was right to do. And then to see your grace manifested so amazingly, and then to think of things that will never be able to be corrected. The emotion and the impact in my life of things that I could have done right and I did not do right, knowingly did not do right, and the impact that that will make for a long time on an individual that I had the responsibility to shepherd, to guard, there's a lot to, lot to process, God. So as we dig into your word, may your spirit impart to us the wisdom with grace and hope. In Christ's name, amen. I want to go through all of the points that you have on your handout, kind of brush across things. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to settle in for a few moments on the first thought that we have and then we'll pick up next week. The first thing I notice in the text that we have here, for, for, uh, for context purposes, we, we see that, that Paul, led by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is telling us how things should be structured within uh, a marriage between a husband, a wife, the family with, the, with, with parents and children. And he'll go on into structure about doing life in society but godly life, how the church is supposed to operate, he talks about before we uh, get to this particular chapter. And, and so he's laying out this groundwork for uh, living everyday life. Don't forget that he is speaking to some folks who have no idea how to do things God's way. I mean, he is talking to the folks in Ephesus, and Ephesus is eat up with the occult. There's very little reverence, respect, honor for the Word of God in their lives, but Paul is, is turning things around there by, by the power of the Spirit of God through the Word of God. He is teaching them. And, and that's why I brought up a moment ago, many of us are starting from scratch, if you will, or we're just a couple of generations in. And we need to realize a few things. And he says that children are to obey their parents in the Lord. And he says, for this is right. And I like the fact that he puts that tag on there, that this is a right thing to do. So children have a responsibility. When we think about responsibilities in a godly family, it's all the responsibility does not lie upon just the parents. 
children have responsibilities too. And the Lord says that children are to obey their parents. So children are responsible to respect parents in the fear of the Lord. I, I think that overarching thought there, it, it, and it kind of breaks out in the text in, in, in two different ways, and they, they, they complement each other, but don't miss the fact that children are to respect, be, they're responsible to respect parents in the fear of the Lord. How do they do that? By their actions and their attitudes. A child's actions are to be under the guidance of the parents. A child's actions should be under the guidance of the parents. As much as we think that our precious little ones are born brilliant, I mean, because they can take a cell phone and open a cell phone up and navigate through by the time they're three months old, we, we go, wow, look how smart they are. What they have done is they have absorbed knowledge that you have given them. They didn't come out of the womb knowing how to use a cell phone. They have gotten it because they watched you and watched me. Don't, don't miss that. As a matter of fact, let me, let me give you a, a, a little thought here. Actually, from the uh, Minnesota Crime Commission... Now, when I, when I read this, it's probably not going to settle well with everybody. But do me a favor. Don't walk out. Let's get to the end of the message and see what God can do with it. Because I know this is going to be a shock. But the Minnesota Crime Commission, demonstrating the truthfulness of the biblical view, issued a, a report which said in part, every baby starts life as a little savage. He is completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants, when he wants it, his bottle, his mother's attention, his playmate's toys, his uncle's watch, or whatever it is. Deny him these things, and he seethes with rage and aggressiveness, which would be murderous were it not for his helplessness. He's dirty, he has no morals, no knowledge, no developed skills. This means that all children are not just certain, and, and not just certain children are all born delinquent. If permitted to continue in their self-centered world of infancy, given free reign to their impulses and actions to satisfy each want, every child will grow up a criminal, a thief, a killer, and a rapist. That's hard to, to real, you know, let sink in, isn't it? You mean my precious little child is a savage? Well, one thing I know for sure is children are not born with knowledge. Right? But they are born since the fall with a depraved heart. And without the restraining grace of God in someone's life, what does the heart do? It does things that are desperately wicked and deceitful, right? That the Bible even teaches that there's no good in us. There is but one that's good, and we know that to be Christ, and that, that we are depraved. We, we are outside of Christ. We will do anything we want to do outside of His restraining us in this world. I believe He does that 
to large degrees. I believe one way he does that is through honoring us, honoring his word. Now, think about this. He says that children aren't to obey their parents. That is a cue in and of itself, is it not? That children need to be taught that there are responsibilities they have. Because if a child, and just bear with me, if a child was so good and so capable of doing it on their own, then why did God give instruction that the child needs to do this? Proverbs 13, 24 says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Colossians 3, 20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And we'll, we'll be back to this in, in a moment and settle down. Do you know that a child's attitude is to be in submission to God? They're to be obedient to their parents. That, that, is, that is a responsibility that a child has, but they're also to be in submission in their attitude. Uh, to, not to the parents. They need to understand. We need to teach our children. It's not that they're submitting to us. It's just like a husband and a wife. When, when it says that a wives are to be submissive to their husbands, it's not just to be submissive to the husband. It is to be submissive to the husband because God says to do that. And also, we are to be submissive to one another in, in, in reverence to one another, husbands and wives. And, and so, what we catch is that there are responsibilities that we have, and all those responsibilities we have are, are under God. That we are being submissive to God's Word and being submissive to God's Word causes me to be submissive to the people around me in a right way. And children are just as responsible. That They're responsible to obey the parents, but they're also responsible to watch out for their actions, their attitudes. And that attitude is to be in submission to the Lord, not just us. Deuteronomy 27, 16 says, Cursed is the one who treats his father or mother with contempt. Then we read on. We say, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then we see, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And it will be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Then verse 4 says, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Some folks believe because of the language and the prior text that we have that Paul is actually using a word here that, that translates out into both parents and has been used in other places in Scripture to talk about the parents as a, a, a unit, a group, and it's often been translated in our, in our Bibles to be the father, but then that was seen to be out of respect because the father is to be the head of the household and be responsible there. My point is, don't think that this lies only on the dad. This is a joint venture between mom and dad. And I know every situation is not perfect. Some situations, there are widows, there are widowers that are trying to raise children slash grandchildren, but then there's also absentee dads to where they, uh, and I don't even know that we should give some of them that title uh, because it almost gives them a little too much credit, but there, sometimes there are dads that live, that live in the houses, but they, they, they're not involved, invested, but then there are sometimes when dad is out of the picture, but sometimes mom's out of the picture and left the kid with dad, and so all of these situations 
that we live in, they're not perfect, but I know this without a shadow of a doubt that if we go by God's Word, we can't go wrong. If we'll take God's Word, He can take an imperfect situation, and by the grace that He provides us, He can make a beautiful picture out of it, and He can be in our lives what we could never find outside of ourselves. In other words, where mom is doing it all on her own, and if she needs dad in the picture, first off, if she will draw near to the body of Christ, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and if the body of Christ is healthy, there will be godly men around to help raise the child, help be there in support with, with, with mom. But then at the end of the day, if all else fails, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you, and he can be what you could never find in anybody else in the time of trouble. I believe he can be there and be that. But there's responsibilities that we have as parents. Parents are responsible to raise children in the fear of God, fear of the Lord. Parents, we are responsible to raise our children in the fear of the Lord, knowing that His Word is true and we must, must trust it and trust the process. He says there, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Raising them, one of the responsibilities parents have is raising them by leading without leaving seeds of resentment. Leading them without leading, leaving seeds of resentment. I'm not going to spend much time on this part. Like I said, I'm going to go back to the front. I just want you to get this so that you'll have it. You can pray about it. You can look over it for next week because next week is when it's, I believe in my own life, it's, it's, it's really landing hard. But you and I have got to figure out how to do life as parents with children of all different <laughs> shapes and sizes, thoughts and behaviors, we've got to figure out how to do that without leaving seeds of resentment in their heart, not leading them to wrath, to discouragement, but yet still holding the line and staying true. And that's not easy. Can I get a witness? It's not easy. Do you know that often when you are a godly parent, your children will never thank you for it until their parents themselves. You know in your own life, if you're of any age, that the good things that your parents gave to you, even if it was through discipline, you didn't realize it until you got to a place in your own life that you had to do the same. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. And, and just to kind of put an exclamation point on there, did, did you catch that from, from that little article I read that foolishness is wrapped up in the heart of a child? In other words, we're not born with wisdom. Wisdom is something we've gained through life. What's important is what wisdom have we gained? What wisdom are we gaining? Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke, provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And then, a responsibility of parents also, and these are just some responsibilities, mind you, is raising them by investing with involvement for future integrity. I'll touch on it again in a moment, but I just want you to hear this. They need your involvement more than they need stuff. 
They need your involvement in their lives more than they need things. That an Xbox and a PlayStation cannot replace parenting. Back from my generation of watching Barney as a babysitter cannot buy integrity. It's something that's responsibility of the parent to do. Uh, provide Proverbs 22 6 says train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they will not depart from it Deuteronomy 11 18 through 21 listen to what it says therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes you shall teach them to your children repeat you shall teach them to your children I, I can't say it enough you shall teach them to your children. I'm going to pause there for just one moment, one moment to make a couple of statements. There are some parents that have spent more time teaching their chi kids how to fish and how to hunt and how to hit a baseball, kick a soccer ball, shoot a basketball, throw a football, dance, cheer, and, 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 and whatever else comes along. They have spent more time teaching them that than they have teaching them the Word of God. And at the end of the day, those things will not save you. Just think about it. How much time I have driven by houses that have had batting cages in their backyards while the children were growing up because they wanted to make sure that that kid had a good batting average. I've seen soccer fields set up in yards, basketball goals, countless hours and millions of dollars spent to train children to do things that have nothing to do with learning the Word of God. Let me just put it this way. You can be a godly basketball player. You can be a godly baseball player. But if the Word of God is not preeminent, what you will have is a pagan, idolatrous worshiper at the end of the day. Some people look and they say, Tim Tebow. Look at Tim Tebow. I'll promise you if you track it back down in the life of Tim Tebow, the Word of God was ingrained in his life more than football. That there's a priority we live in a world today where sports take prior, takes priority over the assembling together of the house of God, at the house of God, of God's people, uh, that, that it all, all kind of things take priority. And the reason being is because we would rather do that than we would to even grow Christ in our own life and teach it to our children. It's a hard fact, but it's just at the end of the day seems to be the truth. I want to go back to the children for a moment. Spend some time there, and then next week I'm going to transition over to parents. And like I say, there's a lot, this, I believe God's going to do a lot in our lives through this. Children's actions being under the guidance of the parents. You know, it's amazing, is it not, that, that the world system itself, and that's, that's, some, that's something that we, we battle against is, is that the, the, the enemy uh, wants to destroy families, that, that even the philosophy that's being taught in the world today is against families, and that God's got a prescription here that tells us simply what we should do. 
I've got more children in the room in this service now than I did in the first service. And so I'll speak to the children too. And I want you to hear me, kids, young people, and even young adults. And adults like if your parents are still living, everybody needs to listen. But especially those that are under the guidance of their parents. That you are not free to do anything you want to do in God's eyes. Your parents are guiding you. Your parents are put there by God, and you might not agree with them. You might not think that they're doing a good job. You might not even think that they're living a godly life. But nevertheless, God did not put that in the text. He simply said that you're supposed to obey your parents, that you are to do it because it's right. Did you know that God can do a work in somebody's life? I just put it this way. God may use you as an advocate to straighten out your parents. He could very well do it. That when you're obedient to the Lord, do what God says do, they may see Christ in you. But nevertheless, you and I are to be obedient to our parents. You know, obedience without, well... A request without immediate action is disobedience in my book. I believe biblically too. That when Christ commands us to do something, we are to do, start doing that thing at that moment in some form or fashion. You may need the resources to do something that somebody's asked you to do, and you may have to wait on the resources, but your heart needs to be motivated that it is time for me to get to action when I've been given a challenge. But some things have gone upside down in our day, have they not? How many of you adults can help me out with, this, with the answer to this phrase? Why? Yeah, one more time. Why? When the kid says why to us, what should our response be? Because I said so. But, and, and, and. We need to, we're going to do this as much as we need to to educate us, but, but one more time, when a kid, you give a kid something to do and they say why, or you tell a kid something and they say why, should I do it, what is your response? See, here's the thing. We want to work with them, right? We, we want to work with like, well, I'll, I'll explain to you why. If there was an explanation that was needed, you should have given the kid the explanation when you give them the command. But after they have all the information they need, if they do not carry through with it, it is disobedience. And God says that children are to obey their parents. That's not up for debate. And I'm trying to help you with some things because honestly and truly, we really need some help. Christy and I started from scratch for the most part. Not saying we got it down pat, but when we became parents, we did not really know how to be godly parents because we did not have a tremendous amount of support prior to that. You with me? Did you know that it said that it takes four generations to break the curse of not raising children right? Four generations. Did, did you know that it's a job? Kids, I want you to hear, hear me. For somebody to be a parent, it is a job. 
You know, it, it ain't a clock out, clock in thing. When you are the sole responsible person for a task, you don't get to clock out. It's like, Pastor, you just need a break. You need to shut your phone down. I hear your heart, and I'm trying to do it some, but at the end of the day, the buck stops at my desk. As far as the pastoral ministry of this church, it stops at my desk. But did you know that as parents, the buck stops at your desk? You can't shuck it off on somebody else. At the end of the day, you have the responsibility to raise those children. It's, Vody Balkum said this, if, if you let Caesar raise your children, don't be surprised when they grow up to be Romans. See, that I believe that we can have our children in this world to a degree because there's always going to be people that are trying to teach your children. The, the enemy is going to try to teach your children. Society is going to try to teach your children. Social media is going to try to teach your children. Uh, you know, every avenue of media that's out there is trying to teach your children something. And look what they've been teaching them. Forever and forever, Disney has been pushing out that men are stupid and that children are to rule the home. Tell me I'm wrong because I've watched the shows. That's the whole premise behind the shows. I remember one when my kids was growing up, Raven. Her whole purpose in life was to make everybody adult around her look stupid. It was the storyline. Now we've raised generations and we are constantly raising generations that they are doing everything they can to live out in their lives what they've seen through these things. But see, I believe that we can invest in our children's lives so much so that we invest more. Did you know that we have the right and the responsibility to spend more time with our children than anybody else does? We put them up under the guidance of coaches for all the sports and all the, the extracurricular activities when we should be the greatest coach in their lives. We should be the one they're coaching them along. Kids, did you know that everything that you have in your life cost? You know, we've tried to teach that money don't grow on trees. We've often said those words, that money doesn't grow on trees. But I really think we need to understand a couple of things. That everything that's in that family's possession, whether it be a house, utilities, in other words, the light bill, the power bill, the, the water bill, the food in the refrigerator, the cars in the yard, the insurance for the cars, the taxes for the cars, the, the property taxes for the house, the insurance for the house. And y'all do realize that there are more bills than just a house payment. Can I get a witness? Just to help out our younger generation to realize that it costs something that can never be gained back. That if a mom or a dad goes to work for eight hours a day, five, six, seven hours, I mean, five, six, seven days a week, they give that time up in exchange for a paycheck. That time is precious. Can I get a witness? Time is precious. They give that time up for a paycheck. The paycheck is used. And, and, and unfortunately, in the day we live in, the paycheck don't go quite as far as it did a couple of years ago. Thank you, administration. And we, 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 or we struggle, we provide, but we exchange our time. But we, it's more than just time. 
the mental anguish that it takes from you. Because the majority of the time going to work is it's kind of a job, is it not? Amen? I mean, honestly and truly, that's, that's why back in the day, it'd be like when daddy got home from work, mama would be like, just let him drink a glass of tea, some water, something. let him calm down a little bit. Y'all don't go mess with him right now because he'll be done ripped y'all's heads off, right? Just Why? Because it was a job. It was work. Mom, same way. Daddy, why does mama smoke? Well, <laughs> I'm not advocating. I'm just saying, just, just, just. It's, it's work. That Xbox, that PlayStation, that, that TV, that phone, that tablet, that vehicle, that, the insurance for that vehicle, the food that you get out of the refrigerator that you can find that we don't hide because when we go to the grocery store, we'll hide some of it so y'all don't eat all of it so that we can make it. All of that stuff is traded in exchange for a lot of your soul. It, it bears physical marks on your bodies after a long time. I, I had two aunts that cut hair for a living Provided, helped provide for their families by, by being a beautician. Both of them, by the time that they got toward the end of their career, couldn't hardly walk because they'd been standing beside a, a, a chair doing hair and their backs killed them. Their hands, they couldn't even quite straighten their hands out from working with them scissors every day, all day long. And you could go to mill workers where, where carpal tunnel syndrome, let me just throw this too. We live in a generation of sissies in a way. I watched my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles work through, they didn't even know what carpal tunnel syndrome was then. They just worked. It hurt and they kept on. What I want you to understand is the things that you have, the clothes on your back, it costs somebody something to provide that. And you need to respect that. You need to respect the fact that they honor your father and mother. Why? Because they provide for you. And it costs them. It's not free. And you need to do what they tell you to do because it's right. And I'm talking about godly families, okay? I can't speak for the pagan world. I can't speak for lost people. I, I'm just saying as far as a godly family goes, you need to do what your mother and father say while you're under their care. There's a transition period, and that's when it gets hard. That transition period is tough because we've got to let them have some responsibility, right? I mean, they're going to have to grow in responsibility, and that's where it gets really tough. When do you give them the responsibility to make some choices on your own? How do you do that, and how much do you stand and hover over them, making sure that you can save them from that moment in their life before they go over the cliff. That's hard stuff. It's different in every situation. But you've got to give them the tools to make it. You must. They, they have a responsibility to, to, to listen to your guidance while they're under your authority. And then as they come out from under your authority, the contract changes. That's why when you look at the wording of leaving and cleaving in the Bible, that a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his spouse, 
it's, it's, it's a ripping apart. But it's not a, a destroying the relationships. It's a redoing of the contract. It's almost as if you rip the contract apart and you rewrite the contract because now mom and dad are still to be reverenced. They're still to be honored, but in a different way. Now you're responsible for yourself under the law. And that's where we get the whole idea from the Jewish culture of bar mitzvah. At the bar mitzvah, it means that they're coming out from up under the, the responsibility of the parents, and now they are starting to come under the responsibility of the law for themselves. And did you know that you and I, when we direct our children, and kids, I want you to hear me say this, when mom and dad are counseling you and, and, and correcting you and leading you, they are doing this as agents of God. I mean, God has commissioned them to do this as if God himself is training you up. And parents, that's why it's so important that we do the right thing because we are acting on God's behalf here on this earth as agents to raise these children up in the admonition of the Lord. And the children are supposed to be, they're supposed to listen, be, be obedient to what you say as if they're doing it unto the Lord. Responsible. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? I watch these, uh, the, these contusions that, the, that end up from these kids flipping out in these grocery stores and department stores. You get to the register and the devil set everything up there so that the kids are enticed. Did you know that, that, that that's what gets us all the time is the enticement? Did you know that that's why parents are where they are so that they can tell the kid, no, you don't need another sucker or another pack of gum or another candy bar or another soda. Why? Because you've had all you need and you've made a judgment for them and the kids are supposed to listen. But what happens all the time is this amazing thing. It's the kids doing, they're like this. They're screaming, they're hollering, the parents trying to pay going out, and, and, and they're flipping and knocking stuff off the shelves and screaming and crying bloody murder. Man, I would have gotten told one time, no. And that's it. Outside of that, everything else is disobedience, and you're going to pay a penalty. And do you realize that if we don't cause them to have to pay a penalty, we're setting them up for failure in life. Did you know that when they get out from up under your precious care, are you telling them yes and giving them everything that they want, that they're going to get told no one day, and they're not going to be able to handle it? We live in a society today that has to honor everybody because nobody can be told no. They can't handle it. They go into need for psychiatric evaluation when they get told no. You don't believe me? Do you watch the news? We laugh about it, but it's the truth. And God forbid that the children that God has given us the responsibility and the privilege to raise, that they should act just like the rest of the world acts. That there's no repercussions for anything but they're going to go out into a world and one day those, some of those kids are going to get walked up to and somebody's going to tell them from my HR department, you're fired. And they're going to break down because they've never been told no in their life. They're going to be told that they didn't perform to a certain degree. Can, can y'all see the mess that we've created? 
I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm absolutely 100,000% against participation trophies. I'm absolutely 100% against everybody wins. We don't take score. It sounds sweet, but I'm going to be honest with you. All it does is create grown-up sissies that cannot handle being told no. How many of you were told no in your life? And if you're told no at home, it conditions you and gets you ready for the real world. That, that if you steal something and mom and daddy let you pass on it, or you lie to somebody and they let you pass on it, guess what? If the law does what the law is supposed to do, you won't get a pass. And how many people are sitting in jail right now because things like this did not take place? It's almost as if God knows what he's doing, does it not? It's almost like God really knows what he's doing in this thing. That, that if we, and, and let me just throw this one out there. That, that, if, that if the rod of correction, and, and I just want you to know, I understand there are different forms of correction, but what I think the premise is here is that the, the repercussions from the wrong actions needs to be strong enough that they realize you did wrong and you are paying a penalty. It's hard, is it not? I mean, it's hard. We love our children we don't want them to suffer. We want them to have what we didn't have. You know, and I know that sometimes things go overboard and abuse happens, but that is not a, a, a reason to go back on God's Word. Just because somebody abused what God was wanting to be done is not a reason to go absolutely backwards from what God says we should do. It's not a reason. We, we, we can't justify it. That, that this is how God is setting us up for success. Did you hear? That, that your days may be long, that you'd have favor in this land that God wants you to live in. And he says that it all starts with the children being obedient to their parents and honoring their parents. You know something I've watched as a pastor? It's kind of been an interesting, uh, I guess, trial to, to watch. The children that end up being raised by the book end up taking care of their parents in their later days. But the ones that were spoiled as children end up not taking care of their parents in later days. It blows my mind sometimes to watch kids that, that they were taught that life was all about them. I can take you to people's houses right now and I can take you to their parents that are in nursing homes right now and their parents in them nursing homes, they're not sick in the sense that they can't walk. They're not sent, sick in the sense that they have to have unusual medication. They're not, they, they have maybe have some little bit of memory loss, but they need, they need somebody to watch out for them. Sometimes there is a need. I get it. Sometimes there is a need when the care gets to the level that you can't give that care at home. Agreed. 
But God knows the truth of the people that have put their parents in nursing homes just so that their lives would be easier. When all along, when they were being raised, their parents did without, worked their fingers to the bone and sacrificed and made everything happen for them so that they could be raised in a comfortable home and have the things and necessities they need and then they honor them by sticking them away so they can have a great life. Let me just say this. Christy and I had that thought in our mind before grandbabies started coming along. And I'm not trying to make this about us. It's just a real-life situation that I can share with you. It's like, wow, we get to go do some of the stuff we wanted to do. And grandbabies started coming along. And this is what come across our... It's amazing. She and I communicate a lot of times and don't ever really sit and talk about these things, but we, we, we're on the same page with stuff. We put a lot of that stuff on hold. We put a lot of, we spend a lot of time being there for our children with their children. Why? Because we know that we didn't have the support like they're going to have. But under God, this life ain't about you. This life ain't about me. This life is about the glory of God. And if at the end of the day, you do what's right, God will honor you. And God will take and make something that you thought you missed be a distant memory that you don't even care about anymore because you see the grace of God working in somebody's life. And if we don't have attitudes like that, if we don't have folks that are willing to sacrifice themselves, then this generational curse that keeps on coming is just going to keep on coming and keep on coming. But God's Word says it needs to stop. This life's not about us. You say, you can't make it off of one income. We can't make it because of this or can't make it because of that. We have to do what we're doing. I would just encourage you to pray about, do you really? Do you really? I'm not, I don't know your business. I don't know your income. I don't know those things. I'm just challenging you. Do you really? We'll talk more about that next week. Kids, you need to honor mom and dad. You need to give them respect. They're do, for many of them, they're trying their best. And did y'all know that we ain't perfect? Y'all know that a lot of us as parents and grandparents, we're just learning. I've never been a grandparent before, you know, not in a former life. I mean, I've only, this is my first time being a grandparent. And I know it's hard because it's easy to try to spoil them, right? It is. It's easy. So kids, I want you to think about something. Mom and dad are human. Give them a break. They're trying hard in many cases themselves, or at least they should be trying hard to do what's right, to teach you what's right. And the Bible says that you are to honor them. That means quit giving them grief. That means quit back talking. You may think you know everything, Oh, well, this is our phrase around the house. You may be right, but we ain't going to let you think you are. 
And if you want to be right, you can go get you a job, get you a house, and you can be right in your house. But in this house, this is what's right. Amen? Honor them. Give them respect. Hold them to a high esteem. It goes without saying that all of us need to say less negative things about the folks in our household and in the congregation and in the community. Tear them down less. Build them up more. I want to just share with you, I guess in closing, I've really just been wanting to speak from my heart on some of these things. See, these are things that we need to learn not only as individual families, but also as the family of God. You know, it's amazing. Um, I grew up in a time where they said kids are to be seen, not heard. Uh, My folks know that the general the general banter of a kid in the in the sanctuary does not bother me i really don't pay a whole lot of attention about that but when things do get out of control i'm in my mind going you need to handle this situation because there's a lot at stake when we're sharing the gospel there's a lot at stake when god's words being preached i mean it is could be the very you know, life or death of a human soul. I mean, eternity in a, in a place separated from God in hell or eternity with God and His eternal bliss in heaven. It's important. We, we're adopting some new policies, but we're doing it gradual because we know that it's such a cold, if we cut it so cold, it, it, could, be, it could be shocking But the days are fading when we're going to just pacify and put up with disruptive children in our kids' classes. We're going to come find parents, you know, and it's like, hey, this is your responsibility. The rod was not given by God to the school. The rod was not given by God to the church. The rod was given to the parents. And here's a situation where there needs to be some discipline somehow, and and, and we, we need you to take care of this. That's not an un, unjustified request, would you think? Not that we have a lot of trouble out of stuff like that. We really don't. But I'm just saying we need to set up an environment that helps support families, that, to be there to help support them, have their back. In, if they're trying to do right, we need to be there as a church family to, to help support that. One way you can help support that is is to to pray for them. Good Lord, we we know that if you're raising kids, you need somebody to pray for you. We need to pray for them. We need to love them. We need to be there to invest the time with them. Care about them. Not stand outside in the parking lot and go, did you see that kid acting up today? You know, just, I couldn't concentrate and all this other kind of stuff. Some of them even have the gall to, you know, it's like, preacher, did you see? No, no, I, I, no, I, I didn't. Really? The, the one that was rolling around, I didn't see one rolling in the floor in front of the pulpit. I'm sorry. 
you know, screaming above me and all this stuff. No, I just missed that. Raising a family is not always pretty and perfect, is it? You know, I can't tell you the countless times there's been blood, literal blood trails, you know, through our house. Hunting mom, hunting nana, you know, I fell down. And, you know, and, and, and you, you take care of the need, and then you come back and you clean the mess up, right? That's called doing life. You know, when a kid makes a decision that there's an, and, there, and there's a lifelong impact that's going to come from that, or a, a very big impact that's going to come from that. You know, you know, I live, I live by this thought in my mind. I sure am glad that I didn't get caught doing a quarter of the stuff that I did. And I'm talking about by the authorities. I'm glad that I didn't run up on somebody that was more willing to pull a trigger than I was. I'm glad that in the heat of the moment, I didn't pull a trigger myself in many cases. Because I might be living in a different place, living a different life. I, what I'm trying to tell you is but by the grace of God, I go. And by the grace of God, we go. What we can't do is we can't not try. Amen? Kids, I know it's hard because mom and dad are not as intelligent as you are. I know that you know a better way. But until you get your own place, let's try our best to be obedient to mom and dad. Let's try to honor them. Even as they get older and their memory starts fading, you know, and we get decrepit and don't know how to use fancy new devices. You know, we joke around. It's like if you want your phone set up, just hand it to your grandbaby or your child, and they can set it up for you a whole lot quicker than you will fumbling through. So be patient with us, kids. But also remember this. If you have anything... Did you work for it or did they work for it? Did you work for it or did they work for it? And even as you get started in this world, you know something that amazes me? You, you got to have money to go to work. I mean, more so today, it, it's a trip. You know, our kids started their first jobs and like a lot of them do, either at the grocery store or in food service, Right? Man, you got to buy the outfits, the shoes, and you got to get to work. In some places, it's a trip for me. Man, if a fast food place, if they'd have paid by the month when I was coming along, that's pretty rough. Put a month in the hole. I'm like, good grief. And so we actually had to front money and drive them to get them to work so that they could make a paycheck. I'm like, good grief, I could have just paid them at home. You know? But it got them out there. What, I, what I'm trying to tell you is, even if you get a job, young people, it costs mom and dad out of their pocket to get you to work. And that ain't your vehicle. Not if they paid for it. 
Not if you're living in their house and they paid for it. You can think that all you want to, but at the end of the day, something happens to it. It's on them. Dad, mom, grandparents, just know, do your best. That's all God's wanting you to do. He just wants you to do your best. And when things don't add up, and it looks like a mistake has been made, and the whole world has fallen apart, you need to go to Him. And you need to just be, be transparent with Him, be transparent with your family. I mean, there's nothing wrong in going to the kids and saying, hey, I messed up. I, 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 did, I, I made a bad choice. I'm sorry that it impacted you. I'm sorry that, it, that, that, that I've done it, but I've talked to God about it, and my God has forgiven me. I'm asking you to do the same thing. And we're going to try again to honor him. And that's how, you, that's how you do life together. So I just want you to know as we close that if you failed, if you've not been honoring mom and dad, you gotta, if you get a breath after this service, you get an opportunity. As a matter of fact, figuring out where to go eat lunch is a great place to start. Amen? If you can get from this parking lot to a place to eat without killing somebody, you have done an amazing job or lost your mind. Just know that God, His grace is sufficient. I'm going to ask you to stand with me for just a moment. I'm going to pray, and we're going to, we're going to sing maybe a verse. We'll close this thing out. But if you need somebody to pray with you, need somebody to talk to, I'll stay until the last person's here. And you, you just you, you, make, you make your choice. If you can wait, I can be here. If you don't know if you're saved today, if you, if you have no idea whether you're saved or not, or you know you're lost, I want you to know that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for your sin to set you free. You need to repent and put your faith in Jesus today and follow him as the Lord of your life. If you do, if you do that today, please let me know um, somehow or another. You can fill it on a card. Um, you, you can come talk to me however, but let us know. Uh, let's pray. Father, today, God, you're, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you for the families that are represented in this place today. The children, the, the parents, the grandchildren, and even great-grands, great-grandparents, all of the families that are uh, represented here today. I ask you to please, God, teach us, guide us. As we get ready to go into next week, God, and really settle into some things, God, would you allow us the privilege of see, seeing your word work in our lives. And thank you for your grace in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can reach us at life at crc.com.